the last session in the morning, and I think often this is a very interesting session because this is where we can share our questions and queries uh, and After listening to um, all the four talks in the morning, uh, I think there were several questions uh, put forward, and I'm happy to share that I think most of the questions uh, have come from a number of youths who are here present today. Alright? So I think uh, all of you, first of all, I think you should give yourself a big hand. Oh. Now, let's start with the first question uh, to the panel. A young youth has asked this question of how do we balance between money and being selfless with regards to our day-to-day -day job requirements and Anyone? How do we balance between money and being selfless when it comes to our dharma? Some years as we do, I don't have Oh, 
the same tenor, when we think about, so that as the words are journeying out of your mouth, keep always clear, be clear about who you are and who you're, who you're speaking to and who you are. So, money is a concept that is related to the body. Altruism or selflessness is not a concept related to the Atma. It is also related to the body. So trying to balance one with the other is a department, it's a different department than the Atma. If your focus is always on the Atma, that which seems a dilemma is no more a dilemma. That's the way I see it. Things that draw you towards money or draw you to I'm having too much money, I'm feeling a bit guilty, I should do something else, those things become relevant when you lose your direction. It is the Atma where your focus should be. And at all times, I keep telling this to many of my um, friends or in the talks that I give in the Sai organization, where it's important to be constantly aware of what you're saying and the words you use, and what the meaning of those words are. You don't have, if I'm not, I don't mean, I'm not as Suresh, but I'm sure you can put up a, a nice story for you. You know, I, 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 I'm not uh, floating here saying, I am Atma, I you know, follow my feet. The, the essence is that you are certain, without doubt, about your reality. To that Atma, does it really matter if it's money or selflessness? It doesn't. The comforts of the body doesn't matter. But eventually the Atma drives that body. It the body to do whatever it has to do. And I, you know, I think it was um, perhaps Sabha or Suresh mentioned something else which is important about how things, the grace happens that here is a big equation. Almost like equal but how it comes back to you. And um, as long as you're not focusing, you know, because when you think about money and focus on the money, then the ego sets it. You think about altruism and selflessness and focus on that, ego sets it. Mind is not in the sky. You know? So your mind fools you. Don't even worry about those things because you are the Atma. I remember a particular incident, one patient I had, where it was New Year's Eve. And we um, had a side center. I was on call at the hospital and had a patient with a, a bleed in the brain. And he was an elderly man. Um, his wife reminded me of my mother, a very sweet lady. And they came in, I was on call, so they called me about evacuating the bleed. And I really didn't think that that would be helpful for him and for his life, for the rest of his life, and the quality of that life. I talked to the wife, and she decided to not the surgeon, which means he will die um, it's a matter of hours. So I gave them a private room, and my mind was thinking at that time, I was supposed to be at the Sai Center for New Year's Eve. Why? Because like my dearest brother Saba and Papram, I love Papram and free food, so the Sai Center has free food on New Year's Eve at 12 o'clock. Okay, so that's where I should be. That was the plan, but this happened, right? So I sent them off to a private room, and I'm thinking now, this is just not right. You know, 
there alone, the wife is alone by herself with her husband. So I went up to the room, I sat down with her, and she was in tears. She knows that he is going to die soon. And she's in tears, so I sat down with her and I asked her, tell me about happy times. Tell me about how you married him. How did you meet him? Tell me a story about your first child. And she started talking, and as she talked, she became so animated. There were no more tears. She said, and I said, where are your children? She said, they live in blah, blah, blah place, which is not far from where this hospital is. So I said, bring them over. So we phoned, they hadn't spoken to her for quite some time. So I was there, I phoned them and brought them over. They came to the hospital. And soon there were five of us sitting there. We were holding hands, singing songs, remembering all the good things about the father. At 5 a.m. he died. And that's when I realized I hadn't eaten either. You see, it came back to me. My father passed away. And when he passed away, all his children were around him. And by a remarkable feat that only Swami can achieve, my brother, who was in India at that time, was refused visa by the US consulate in, in Bombay. So he couldn't come. But you won't believe. Two days later, his green card, which was applied 15 years ago by my father, matured. The same consulate that refused him called him back and said, Here's your green card. And so he came. So all of us were there. We were holding hands. We were saying Rudra. And we were all happy. You see, the more you think about the body, the less time you have to think and enjoy the soul. I don't think the Atma can be ignored. Be that which you are. Don't worry if you don't eat. It's fine. It's not big deal altruism that you've done. It's nothing. Or if you earn money, it's nothing big deal at all. There's no value to the Atma. So there is no trade-offs. There are no choices as long as the focus is on the Atma. I don't know what you can do.
And in many of these events, alcohol is often served and it's considered socially unacceptable not to drink. So this is a question by a youth who's probably in this dilemma and he has this doubt. It's, a, it's socially unacceptable not to drink. So in this day and age, where career development is placed uh, with such paramount importance, especially in the logistic world in Singapore. How do we overcome this issue with alcohol and practice conversation? I think this is a very, very valid question. This is just in regards to alcohol, but I think many of us face this challenge in many other aspects. So, to the panel, I think this will be a very valid question. I'd like to something with this. I think uh, this is something that one has to ask oneself. If suppose for instance you have this, you're going to a function and they serve you with alcohol. Well, you can always say, but I'm a teetotaler and I don't drink. Maybe you'll be bad taste, I'm a teetotaler. I, I just say that to anybody. Well, maybe uh, uh, Swami asked me this question. And I'll tell you one thing. It's easy to just fall a prey to alcohol. Next to me sits my brother Suresh and he's, on, he's, he's already having starts on and he may throw the dart at any one of you and now pass the mic to brother Suresh. <laughs> so in, uh, we find this is a very big problem now in schools and colleges and all that. Even in schools people have started drinking and smoking and all this. They do it very early, you know. They start all these things very early. So in Malaysia, what we have done now is that we have introduced a program called DARS. DARS means drugs, alcohol, relationship issue, time wastage, and smoking. In Malaysia, teenage pregnancies, we have 50 per day. One day, one. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 50, 55 euro per day. In one day. In Malaysia. In Malaysia. You are very productive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the teachers, I have to be productive, they can be productive. <laughs> Society, because society is like that. The point of the story is that the youth, satisfied youth, must become ambassadors. So you go to environments like that and you must become heroic. This is the biggest thing I'm telling you. More than colorectal cancer, those who are working on cancer, uh, more than colorectal cancer, addiction will become the largest disease of the world. Largest disease. In your Singapore, the gambling is becoming addiction. Gaming is an addiction. Shopping is an addiction. The people who go to shop and get into a <laughs> Change in lifestyle. So we don't worry about changing society. 
My my uh, our entire focus is that those who want to drink, you drink. But you drink now with an informed choice. Somebody has told you that this, as you said rightly, I, I, I wrote it down. Millions of brain cells would have been damaged. Your liver will be destroyed. You will be destroying your whole and everything else. So with all that knowledge, you want to drink. That is an informed choice. But now what the youth is saying is, I didn't know. No one told me. I never realized it. Okay, the buck stops here. The buck stops with the Sunnyside International Organization. Our job is to sensitize and make people become aware so that they have informed choices. I think the youth must realize that uh, we are facing these social issues, uh, not only Singapore, Malaysia, every other country. But how do we assess Abbas devotees? Abbas said very clearly alcohol, smoking, and we always see something left behind. That's a challenge you face. Just because you decide your tea and they're providing the drinks, you don't drink that. I meet many uh, functions and I don't touch it. So I think it's all depends on individuals, you know? The transfer? I think what <laughs> So I think each, each, each one of us must realize that we are Swami's devotees. And as such, we must go this to Swami. We can do it if we want to. Again, it is your transmission that will be noted. And at the same time, others will see you that way will also fall in line. So you become the, the, the source for the change. It's what I feel that the youth should address. You cannot just uh, just say, I'm, somebody is asking you, drink and I drink. That's been, you, you have not understood Swami's teachings. Okay, I just, just to add on to this, I think the other pressing issue is you may have is, well, I'm not drinking to get drunk. Uh, I'm just saying that was said okay here, but what if I drink in moderation? Because uh, it'll be uh, offending my colleagues. It'll be offending my colleagues if I don't you know, uh, share their drinking together, if I don't hold a glass of wine together. And moreover, science has shown that wine is good for the heart. <laughs> so, brother, maybe you would like to enlighten and do further. I'll try to enlighten. Youth uh, who are in their early careers, where you know the social functions may be seen as necessary for their progress in their careers, and because they need to be in the social circle, they need to hang out at night and have a drink with their bosses and so on and so forth, so that they know they have a tick out there and maybe they have a promotion also. <clears throat> so I've been in the shoes as well, but you know, Swami, let's go to what Swami has said. You know, Uncle said, Swami says, no meat, no alcohol. So that's very clear. When I looked at moderation, there's one very, very one clear thing is that Swami says there's no moderation in principles, right? Clearly. So as a, as, as a side individual, as a side devotee, I think that's, that's our first step. And we should not moderate on our principles. If no alcohol means no alcohol, full stop. But the question is, how do we deal with the world that we live in? Especially when all of our peers are going for a drink and we're the only one left up. I, I can tell you one thing, right? So there are many individuals who are sitting down here who have been very successful, who are very successful in their lives and the business worlds and all that, who have gone through their whole life without drinking alcohol. There are many people sitting now in this room, right? So people can do it. It's difficult, but it's not impossible. So I just relate my own experience, right? So when I was a young postdoc, so when we went to the German speaking world. In Germany, beer is cheaper than water, right? So everybody drinks beer. So it's, it's a norm. They don't, they don't get drink to get drunk. 
When you go out, that's a social thing. And you have a, a, a beer, they have wine. So when I go there, I have two problems, right? In the eyes. I don't drink alcohol, I don't take meat. So they cannot entertain me at all. Right? They can't take me, I'm not paid to take that. I'll go with that. Right? At the end of the day, it's how you earn respect from them. After two, three years, then they say, they call me Kanaga, come. They will ensure that they are like a vegetarian food, which is only leaves like a, like a cow. <laughs> That's all right. Then they gave me an option. So they alcohol-free beer. In, in Germany, there's something called alcohol-free beer. Yeah? So I said, water is good. Yeah? That is fine, the juice or whatever. So actually, you can change your mindset. It might be difficult, but it's not impossible. I think it depends on what you want out of this. You know, you, do you want to stay in this company to grow? Or you want to surrender to Swami and Swami, this is, I follow your teachings, I will not do this. Okay, you take care of it. If it's a promotion, you will take care of it. You know, if, if you're very good, just because you don't drink, they cannot ignore you. You're, just because you're vegetarian, they cannot ignore you. You know, you're a social awkward person. It doesn't matter. If you're so good in your job, they cannot ignore you. You know, I'll be talking about progress in the project, uh, in your careers, right? I, I think this is the point for, for me. And then I think we need to transmit to the younger people, but I'm looking at the career people, young career professionals. I think this, this is what I would say. For the very young ones, I think we need to have education programs to, uh, as well, to the Swedish side. One more thing I want to tell you, one point which has come up. Lately, the science publications have highlighted that addiction is genetically predisposed. Which means if your father is drinking and he's quite okay, the fact that you pick it up, you find that you may not be okay. Because you may find that there's a genetic predisposition to addiction. So this is the point. You are saying that it's okay to do it in moderation, but the person who's having liver cirrhosis in the hospital started like that. Huh? I, nobody brings up, excuse me, I like to uh, drink, uh, I want, I'm so eager to have liver cirrhosis. No one says that. But it ends up like that because it's no, if I, if I was to give you a small amount of cyanide, what did you do? Anyone? Well, you want And I'm having the cyanide. You will not, right? So, sure, you know, taking a sip, you think that it's not going to harm you. Uh, there are organs in your body that regenerate, liver regenerates. You say, I'm back again to drinking more. But you're also losing connections in your brain. That's number one. So think about that, even for a sip. It's something you don't want. Second thing is, I have found, personally, just like Sadaa was saying, my wife is German. And I'm in a family, and my wife doesn't drink or anything. She's a sideboard. But I'm in a company, in a family, with other people and friends who do. And the most important thing from a practical point of view for the young adults is don't engage in arguments. There's nothing holier than thou issue involved here. There's nothing about this is superior or that is not. It is simple, it's your choice. Right? So all, all you don't have to engage in conversation about this. Oh saving animals is important, poor animals are suffering, why should we kill them? Please don't engage because if you engage, it will result in a problem. You'll be confused and you'll end up doing something you don't like. So it's very simple. I enjoy the company instead. You know, you're a wonderful person. Change the topic, do something and speak less, but stick to your principle. No compromise. Yeah. I, I think when you become a force, they will accept us. You know, I just give an example. I just, just, just this occurred to me. 
if you're wearing a Muslim and you're wearing all that, they will not offer you alcohol because they accept that you know Muslims don't like take alcohol. It's simple as that. Once you become a force, people will accept you. I think that's what we have to work towards. Maybe let it differ on that one because when I first came back from India after my NBS, <laughs> I went to see my uh, director of health. He's my, my brother-in-law's uh, friend. I invited him to his house. Uh, his wife is called somewhere. And uh, uh, he asked me, Rami, what sort of a drink do you want? I said, uh, Coca-Cola, if you have. Coca-Cola? You are from India and you don't drink at all? I said, yes, I don't drink at all. Thank you. I do drink. So, he should not be my example. I've seen lots of people drink, but it doesn't affect me at all. Because it's there ingrained in you that Swami says something, I follow what Swami says. Sorry. And it's not a sad thing, you know, you can enjoy life still. I mean, I, I go to Dr. Professor and you can enjoy it. So, it's not like the end of life if you don't do this. Peer pressure is serious, but the change begins with you. Don't, don't try to change others. That's a losing battle. You'll get involved in things you don't want to do. Just don't do it yourself. But then, uh, Gandhiji has skills in all that. You should be the change you want to see in the world. So I think this is a very, very uh, good point. Now let's shift gears a little. Again, another very relevant question by groups today. This is more with regards to organizational uh, concerns and also with regards to having a group a good support of what I would say probably uh, peer pressure in positive way. So you then basically ask, uh, this is uh, probably from a side uh, who's been in the uh, side organization for many, many years. He says that many of my friends who I grew up with in the science centers are no longer attending science center activities due to certain concerns which may be personal or whatever issues. And in this circumstances, this particular youth um, is losing his motivation and inspiration to attend center-based activities. As none of his friends are there anymore. So his earnest question is now, how do I deal with this? As a youth, I want to be engaged in this good environment, good circle of friends. But I don't seem to see people of the same thinking, my own peers who I grew up with, my hair. So this is demotivating this particular youth and it's leading to lose interest. So any insights, any advice, any thoughts? I think this is a very, very critical question, very relevant question, and I think uh, we should try and help this youth. But many youth share the same feelings, but what are your thoughts advice? I really think that it's important for each of us to first sit down and think what do you want in life? Okay. That's very important. We know Swami has said several times, right? Friends are like frogs. They come, they go, they're like frogs and grass, right? And the water goes away, the frogs don't live there anymore. I don't I don't mean down any friends, but that's not where your attachment should be. You can tell me one day that you don't want to come to the Sai Center, and 
I will fall at your feet and ask you, oh realized master, tell me how you did this. Because the day you think you have achieved your goal of understanding, experiencing and being divine, then you don't need the satsang. The purpose of the satsang, please don't be depressed, don't be sad if your friends are left. They may have other things going on in their lives. Don't judge them. Don't get involved with that. Focus on yourself. Your goals are fixed. Why do those goals change? If you're driving from point A to point B, or going over this traffic bridge that he's talking about, and you meet traffic, you don't back off. You're continuing. You go where you're supposed to. So you have a goal. Just because other people have left, just because things have fallen aside, as long as you can achieve your goal, you stick to that path. So my personal thing is, yes, it is, it is sad. I know that. I know how it feels. Um, and I know families who have torn apart, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. Keep your focus on the one thing that matters to you. Because if you lose that, you will never be happy. And your, your job is not to bring them back. Your job is to focus on yourself and your goal. So one more thing I think maybe to add in. Maslow's needs, I think the organization must also have a very powerful, active purpose and higher vision. That means where many youth would like to engage if something is very altruistic, very uh, uh, enriching. And that kind of programs must be unleashed, then they will come and join in. Because after all, many people are going to find those kind of societies in their those world. So if they are going to attach themselves to societies and do the work where their friends are not there, then obviously they also can come to us and do it. But most people want to feel a connectivity. So one connectivity is through friends, which of course changes. But the other connectivity is that leaders are wanting you to have that idea. One of the reasons why we do this dance and all that is simply because it's very far-reaching and far-encompassing and they feel a sense of fulfillment. So they come, come, come and then finally find new friends and then they start to move forward. So purpose and vision is a very important connecting point. I think the two questions have the same foundations. Uh, one that where people or uh, youth are finding uh, that they are isolated and in order to behave like the peers they have to be. In the other, and unless they do that, they will feel alone. Uh, they would not have the inner strength to be alone. In this case, coming to the Sai Center and finding that you're alone. You want company around. I think in both cases, what is needed is a very firm understanding of what is it that you want. In terms of the, you know, I showed that wellness illness diagram. Where are we facing? In both cases, do I take personal responsibility for my inner life? Do I take responsibility? Do I have the strength to back up my commitment to Swami? With his teaching on alcohol and with his teaching on being in the Sai Center uh, and finding some kind of a ecstatic experience from the bhajans or from the activity that are I think both of them are, are the same. Basically, it is that the, the goal is not clear. The spiritual goal is not clear. I think the spiritual goal is clear, then both the problems have the same answer. And that is find the strength within. What is it that you want? How authentic are you about your spirituality? If you are authentic about your spirituality, then you should be putting in 
your effort and your um, your motivation in what has meaning for you. So spirituality is discovering life and purpose, uh, meaning and purpose in our life, and identifying a goal which is spiritual goal, and then having authentic um, effort in that. You know the grace that you said requires effort. You need to put in the right effort, and I think self-confidence. Confidence in the teaching of Swami, self-direction, personal responsibility for our inner life, those are the basic ingredients of successful life applied to anything. But if it is applied to spirituality, that's the highest purpose. Brothers and sisters, I think what we must also remember is that we have now uh, formed the SSYLP, the, the, the Young Adult Program, which I think most of you are involved. Some of the girls are here who will be young men are here. Satya here, Satya? Yes. So you know that uh, Satya and his team are doing very well in various parts of the, of the country here, Malaysia, Singapore and Indonesia. And I believe that these are the youths who are, if they are, feel that they are lonely, that's a place where they can meet and, and engage them. There are so many activities going on in the young adult world. Please look within yourself and go forwards. That's why we have this program. This program is, 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 is catching very fast and many, many youths are involved in this program. And I encourage young youths who have not gone to Tabharti at all to go and attend this young uh, adult program, which is now in, in uh, isn't it? Yes. So I think uh, it all depends on how you take it. If you believe that Swami has come to earth for a purpose. The purpose is very clear to all of us. Why is he come? He has come for our redemption. He has come not for any other. Uh, any other. He didn't want to get any sacked or whatever. He wanted us to change. We can change if we have the cuts and the principles behind it. With that, we can move forward. And Swami is there with you all the time. God, God is not up there. God is within you. Search ye within yourself. I think you should give them all a big hand. And just to summarize the uh, discussion we had for the last one half of all the questions. I think the goal here is to be healthy and happy. And I think that's a wish all of us have. And besides the divine prescriptions that we've heard to be inspired by, I think the best way to Keep ourselves inspired, especially for the youth who often you know, are in crossroads and we feel sometimes we do that with our social circumstances. I think looking at the lives and examples of all our panel speakers here today, who are all very successful in their respective niche. And the reason they are successful is because they have walked the path, they have constantly used divine description as their guide. And to any youth, if you are doubting whether this is possible, I think the testimony is in front of all of us. They themselves are an inspiration to all of us, especially the youths, that we can reach for the stars by abiding the values. And I think this is the demand description that we should all keep in our hearts and minds. With that, I once again thank all of you. And please become a big one.